You're not in this story. Yeah, well, we're making it up as we go. Hello and welcome to Making It Up As We Go, a Destiel fan fiction anthology podcast. We're making it up as we go. I'm your host and reader, Nerdy Nerdenstein. The story is ours now. We can't have it back. Please be warned that the stories featured can and will contain explicit sexual content and is not intended for young audiences. Today I'll be reading Cakepocalypse, chapters 1 and 2, written by Mittenwraith. The rating is mature. Pertinent tags for this fic include Alternate Universe Canon Divergence Friends to Lovers Love Confessions Cake Angst and fluff and smut, but mostly fluff with a dash of crack. Apocalypse. Written by Mittenwraith. Read for you by Nerdy Nerdenstein. Summary. What the hell are you trying to sell me? Dean asked, folding his arms across his chest. Not selling, Dino. Buying. Or at least renting for the duration of a limited season run, Gabriel said as Dean's frown deepened. Have you ever dreamed of being a Hollywood superstar? Dean laughed outright at that and shook his head, turning around to pick up his coffee again. Man, no way in hell. You got the wrong guy. Spoiler alert, he did not have the wrong guy.
Chapter 1. The Wind-Up It was just a normal Thursday at Winchester Pastry. Dean and Charlie had each met with a different couple planning their wedding for the same date at two completely different venues on opposite sides of town and were currently sitting in Dean's cramped office working out the logistics to make sure they'd be able to deliver on both orders. Dean hung up the phone after informing the last bride that she'd have the cake of her dreams on her wedding day and sighed, turning to Charlie, who was still busy entering all the order and delivery information into the computer. Okay, we're officially fully booked for June. There's no humanly possible way to squeeze anything else in, unless we hire another pastry chef. Charlie snorted, done with her data entry, and shut the laptop. Yeah, like you could find someone else who's up to your standards. I'm still convinced the only reason you put up with me is because I'm willing to keep the schedule and manage the website. Dean shrugged. Someone's got to be the grown-up around here. You mean the queen, Charlie replied, sitting up regally in the squeaky office chair in her icing-splattered chef's coat. Dean reached over and brushed powdered sugar off of her cheek. Whatever you say, your majesty. Huh. Charlie stood up and headed back into the kitchen. I have two dozen more royal eclairs to fill and frost. Unless there's any more official court business. Dean touched his hand to his brow and gave her a flourishing little bow from his chair as she got back to work. He'd already finished filling the day's orders and was debating whether to get a head start on tomorrow's or go slum it out by the counter as the last few customers of the day swung through the shop. He stood up, stretching the stiffness out of his spine, and decided to put off making a decision until he had a cup of coffee. He made his way through the kitchen, where Charlie was absorbed in her tasks as Donna put the finishing touches on a three-tiered animal-themed cake for a charity function at the zoo. He stopped for a moment to admire her work as she attached a tiny fondant monkey to an elaborately crafted candy tree atop the cake. I've never seen a cake with monkeys on it that didn't look like it was destined for a six-year-old's birthday party. Donna raised an eyebrow but didn't bother looking up from her careful work. Are you suggesting that sophisticated adults can't appreciate a good monkey cake? Dean grinned. Nah, I'm suggesting that it's a fucking sophisticated-looking monkey cake. Maybe I should have put little black ties on all the critters. She stood up straight and slowly spun the cake on its turntable, revealing dozens of lifelike animals peeking out from the painstakingly detailed greenery around each of the tiers. Nah, they're gussied up enough in their natural glory. Dean nodded in agreement. I'm going to get some coffee and then start on the batter for tomorrow's orders. You need anything? I'm good, Donna replied as Charlie shook her head. Dean pushed through the double doors separating the large kitchen from the cozy shop front. Garth was steaming milk for a customer's latte while Kevin attended to the customer in question. At least, that's what Dean assumed was going on, since there was only one customer in the shop. The man was currently absorbed in an advanced state of indecision while hunched over the pastry display case. They may have had a small coffee and tea menu and a rotating assortment of individual serving-sized sweet treats, but Winchester pastry was primarily about cake. The three cafe tables in the cozy nook at the front of the shop were more for meeting with clients placing specialty orders than for customers who lingered in the shop over a cup of coffee. That was just how Dean liked it. Customers came in, 
picked out what they wanted, and then left. It was the story of his life, but at least he'd made a name for himself doing what he loved. Dean nodded over at Garth, gave an exasperated Kevin a sympathetic smile, and walked out around the counter to stand by the big glass display case next to Mr. Indecision. The man barely noticed Dean. He was so absorbed in reading all the tags. So Dean cleared his throat. Trust me, don't matter what you pick, it's all good, Dean assured the man when he stood up and blinked at him. The man looked Dean over, noticed Dean's name embroidered on his white coat, and grinned. That's the problem, Dino. It all looks good. The man's eyes narrowed. And of course you'd have an interest in convincing me to buy one of everything, right? Dean held up his hands in surrender. I wouldn't complain if you cleaned us out, but then I'd be here all night filling up the case again. The man gave Dean a mischievous little smirk. And I suppose a man who looks like you has better things to do with his time after hours than toiling away in a kitchen. Dean snorted, but couldn't help but admiring the guy's sass. If only. But seriously, what are you looking for, pastry-wise? Dean clarified, making it clear he wasn't about to engage in a flirt-off with a random customer. At least let me help you make the most informed decision. Kevin stood behind the display case, an empty pastry box in hand, patiently waiting for someone to tell him what to fill it with. The customer continued to size Dean up for a minute, then finally made a decision about Dean, if not about his dessert options. I like you, the man said. You actually care. You care about what you've made here, and you don't just want me to like what you made, you want me to find something I'd like. Because there's an important difference between the two things, Dino. Dean just stood there blinking for a few seconds, working his way through what the strange little man was going on about. Well, if you're going to shove that many calories in your face, you might as well enjoy the experience to its fullest, right? The man returned Dean's bemused look for a moment, and then burst out laughing before extending a hand. The name's Gabriel, and if you've got something that's the perfect blend of a fluffy cloud of a cake with the richest and creamiest ganache, I might have a business proposition for you. If you're looking for something that specific, we do custom orders, Dean replied. Or if you like your ganache with a touch of raspberry, you could try one of the moose cups. Gabriel peered into the case at a tray of chocolate-drenched pieces of heaven, and then back at Dean. Okay, I'll try one of those, and maybe one of the lemon bars, and... He was distracted from making his final selection when Charlie came out of the kitchen with a tray of fresh eclairs. And one of those. Sorry, Dean replied. The eclairs are spoken for. I've got an extra in the back I made for myself, Charlie replied, turning from carefully packing the pastries into a box. You can have it. Ah, kiddo, I couldn't do that. Sure you can, she replied with a grin. It's not like I can't make more. Okay, then, if you insist, I accept. Charlie gave him a nod and zipped back into the kitchen, returning a few seconds later with a carefully wrapped eclair. Will that be all for you, sir? Looking hopeful that he'd finally be able to seal up the box. That cup of coffee and a couple of your business cards, Gabriel replied, and I think that'll be it for now. Dean walked back around the counter to the cash register and rang up the order, pouring himself a cup of coffee while he was there. He stated the total and Gabriel gave him a confused frown. 
I think you're a little short there, Dino. Yeah, well, I'm not going to charge you for Charlie's leftovers. Charlie rolled her eyes at him, grabbed the now empty tray, and headed back into the kitchen. It wasn't leftovers, Dean, just the angel's share. It ain't whiskey, Charles. It's an eclair. He was ready to continue his lecture, but Charlie winked at him and disappeared through the swinging doors. Whatever. If Charlie's feeling generous enough to give away her private stock, who am I to stand in her way? So you're not the big boss man? Gabriel asked, handing over a twenty. He's the boss man, all right, Garth finally chimed in. His name's on all the boxes anyway, but Dean doesn't let that go to his head. Dean made to hand over Gabriel's change, but the man was already absorbed in opening his box of treats. He went straight for the chocolate-covered moose cup, with a small decoration made of a raspberry cradled in a nest of delicately shaped chocolate leaves. Gabriel held it up, inspecting it carefully. That's a lot of work to put into something that'll be gone in two bites, he said, eyeing Dean just as critically. Dean shrugged. It's nothing, really. Here's a practice, and it's just sort of second nature, you know. Plus, I hope it takes more than two bites to eat that, or you're going to choke. Gabriel's critical study morphed into a look of pure innuendo as he raised the cake to his mouth and took a slow, sensual bite, trying to fit as much of the pastry into his mouth as he could and then practically choked. Dean raised an I-told-you-so eyebrow while Gabriel struggled around the mouthful of rich chocolate and creamy mousse. You gotta savor it, dude, Dean said while Gabriel did his best to do just that. Gabriel nodded eagerly. It's exactly what I asked for, and as delicious as I hoped it would be. And more than two bites, Dean confirmed. It was a valiant effort, though. Yeah, you got me there. Gabriel replied, taking a sip of his coffee to wash it down. Charlie's eclair customer walked through the door, and Gabriel moved out of the way, covertly settling into one of the chairs by the front window with his box of treats while Dean rang up the customer. A few pleasantries were exchanged, but the woman was out the door with her eclairs within five minutes. During that time, Gabriel had carefully sampled his other treats, finding each one of them as delicious and beautiful as the last. He sighed and closed the lid on his empty box, drained the rest of his coffee, and then approached the counter again. Dean still stood quietly sipping his own coffee while Garth and Kevin finished up their tasks for the day. So, Gabriel said, startling Dean out of his thoughts, the big boss man just gets to stand around drinking coffee while the worker bees do all the heavy lifting? The boss man's been here since 6 a.m., Garth replied without breaking his stride. I think it's the first time he stopped moving all day. Gabriel just nodded like Garth hadn't told him anything he hadn't expected to hear. Good, good. I think I can work with this. What's that? Dean asked, setting his cup down. I confess I might have come in here with ulterior motives. My cousin is in program development over at Webflix, and I've been pitching him this concept for a new kind of baking show. He agreed to back my proposal, but only if I had an expert pastry chef willing to play co-host. You're definitely camera ready, Gabriel said, waving a hand at Dean's befuddled face. But I had to make sure you had the right temperament for this particular idea to fly. What the hell are you trying to sell me? Dean asked, folding his arms across his chest. Not selling, Dino. 
buying, or at least renting for the duration of a limited season run, Gabriel said as Dean's frown deepened. Have you ever dreamed of being a Hollywood superstar? Dean laughed outright at that and shook his head, turning around to pick up his coffee again. Man, no way in hell. You've got the wrong guy. Gabriel didn't give up so easily. No, Dean, I'm serious. You've got the looks for it. But for this project, it's you I want to sell, not just your pretty face. Dean was glad his back was turned. He was used to people commenting on his looks, but that's also why he preferred to work in the kitchen. That way, people appreciated what he could do with a cake instead of his appearance. He worked hard to build his business on the reputation of his product alone, and that's the way he wanted it. But Gabriel persisted. You care, Dean. You care about people, care they're happy, care that they feel cared for. And that's exactly what I need for this show to work. Some holier-than-thou entitled asshole just ain't going to cut it for this show, Gabriel said, edging toward pleading. All I'm asking for is for a week of your time, for which you'll be more than fairly compensated. Dean nearly snorted coffee out of his nose and rounded on Gabriel. A week? Dude, I'm booked solid for the next three months. I'm lucky I get one day off a week at this point. Gabriel frowned at that, but nodded. I guess I should have expected that, but what if the schedule was entirely up to you? One day of filming, a week even. If we can make this work? Dean shook his head. I don't even know what you want me to do here. It's simple, and if you just play along, I think you might even enjoy it. Yeah, I heard that line before, Dean replied usually when I'm being asked to do something unenjoyable. Gabriel looked to Garth and Kevin for moral support, only to find them both staring back and forth between Dean and Gabriel, as if they were just waiting to see which one of them spontaneously combusted first, so they'd know where to point the fire extinguisher. Dean just kept staring, and eventually Gabriel sighed and rubbed his forehead. Look, Dean, all I'm asking is for you to think about it. You haven't really given me anything to think about. You want me to bake on TV, and that ain't happening. Gabriel blinked slowly and shook his head. No, no, I don't want you to bake a thing. I want you to be the expert judge. Dean was taken aback at that, and Gabriel knew he had him on the hook. Dean, I want to invite three completely inexperienced contestants on the show, give them a recipe and a time limit, and see if they can replicate a professionally made pastry. Then we're going to judge them on how well they did. What, so you can humiliate three poor suckers on national TV? That sounds like a shitty thing to do, Gabe. Exactly, Gabriel replied. I don't want to do that, not at all. Which is why you are the perfect person for the job. Dean still looked confused, and Gabriel sighed. Look, the point is, all these do-it-yourselfers out there think they can just follow a few tips on the internet and do it just as well as a professionally trained baker. And then they feel like shit about themselves when they fail. But this is a skill honed over years, and nobody just shows up on day one with the ability to make a wedding cake or even a single frosting flower. And that's the whole point. So you want me to stand around being nice to people for trying their best when they inevitably fail? Bingo, Gabriel replied 
jabbing a finger in Dean's direction with an elated grin. Plus, part of the challenge will need a professional explanation, and the contestants will be allowed to pick your brain a bit. For the most part, you'll just be on hand to deliver expert commentary and moral support, and I think you're the perfect man for the job. Dean studied Gabriel carefully, then glanced over to see if Kevin or Garth had anything to say. Kevin just shrugged his shoulders, looking bewildered, but Garth was smiling encouragingly at him. You are just about the most patient and understanding boss I ever had, Garth said. Dean rolled his eyes. You called them contestants, Dean said. Do I gotta judge him and pick a winner or a loser? Judging will be done by a committee, and the winner will get a cash prize. We haven't worked out all the details, but I'm gonna ask for ten grand per episode. Dean's eyes bugged out a little bit at the figure. Ten grand? For baking a terrible cake? Seems a worthy goal for looking a little foolish on television for half an hour, Gabe countered. Dean nodded slowly, his shoulders relaxing a bit more. Well, if you send over the proposal with all the details, I'll look it over. Gabriel's smile turned a bit smug, so Dean tacked on. But I'm not promising anything. Not asking you to, Gabriel replied, turning toward the door. Not yet, at least. My people will be in touch with your people. Dean snorted as Gabriel left the shop with a cheerful jingle of the doorbell. I have no idea what that was about, Dean said, turning back to Garth and Kevin. But I think it's best to assume it was a collective hallucination. They both agreed, and Dean went back to the kitchen. He'd at least come to the executive decision that tomorrow's projects could wait for tomorrow, and that he was going home to eat something that wasn't frosted and kick back on the sofa with a beer and a movie. Or maybe he'd catch up on whatever the cooking network had going on lately. He couldn't deny that Gabriel's unique idea had piqued his curiosity. Most of the cooking competition shows he'd seen were either cutthroat professionals who'd sabotage each other at the drop of a poofy chef's hat, or else designed to make the contestants look dumb. Compared to that, Gabriel's idea sounded like a breath of fresh air. He found Donna putting the finishing touches on her cake and preparing it for delivery, and bent her ear while she worked. Dean laid out everything he knew about Gabriel and his pitch, which was admittedly very little. But Donna, the human ray of sunshine, thought it sounded like a great idea, and her opinion alone was enough for Dean to at least consider taking it seriously. Oh, yeah. Get a surgeon or an electrician or a schoolteacher. People who are supposed to be patient and careful and good at following instructions. And prove that baking a cake is just as much of a learned skill as rewiring a house or fixing a busted spleen. It's just a different skill than the one they learned. Dean grinned at Donna's cheerful outlook. Yeah, if nothing else, I guess we'd have something to show customers who complain about paying what we charge for a wedding cake. Donna grinned back at him. You betcha. Chapter 2 The Pitch Over the next few weeks, Dean mostly forgot about the strange proposal from the even stranger little man. He'd spent the odd, idle moment while putting finishing touches on custom cake orders, 
daydreaming about someone with zero baking experience attempting to recreate the complex icing art that he'd spent more than a decade perfecting. The notion had amused him briefly, but after a few days he was entirely back to business as usual, swamped with the first rush of early spring weddings. It was a rainy Thursday in late April, and Dean, Donna, and Charlie were all rushing to assemble the first of nine cakes that had to be delivered to various venues around the city by Saturday morning. Dean had just put the last swirling details on what would eventually be the pieces of a stunning, delicate white chocolate gazebo when Garth poked his head into the kitchen to get his attention. Boss man, there's a couple of visitors out here if you got a minute. Dean had already pulled out another piece of waxed paper to draw a flock of white doves with the leftover chocolate and didn't even bother turning away from his work. Kind of busy for chit-chat right now, Garth. They can make an appointment. Garth let the door swing mostly shut. Dean had already tuned him out in favor of humming along to the music playing softly in the kitchen when Garth pushed it open again. I think you're going to at least want to tell them that yourself. Dean finished off the swooping wing of a bird and sighed. He stood up straight and stretched his aching back, set down the piping bag, and grumbled to Donna and Charlie. If that chocolate hardens before I get back, I'm going to be pissed. I got it, Dean, Charlie said, layering a smooth fondant sheet over a tower of orange-infused angel cake. Three dozen flying doves coming right up. You go handle your business. He shot her a disgruntled grimace, but nodded his thanks as he pushed through the doors into the shop. Dino, Gabriel said the moment Dean showed his face. Good to see you, pal. How's the baking biz? Dean froze for a second as the memory of Gabriel's previous visit flooded back to him. Huh, I was starting to think I imagined you. Gabriel grinned at that. A lot of people have that impression after meeting me. I try not to take it personally. So what brings you back here? You need a sugar fix, or do you have another reality show pitch to deliver? I'd never turn down a sugar fix, but we're actually here on business, Gabriel said, pulling another man into view from behind the tall pastry case. Dean, this is my cousin Castiel Novak. Cassie, this is Dean Winchester, the master of confections, the sultan of sweets, the... Yes, Gabriel... The man, Castiel, interrupted. You mentioned he's the purveyor of pastry pultritude and the Rodin of fondant. I apologize for my cousin Dean. He's infamous for his hyperbolic perspicacity. Castiel, Dean said, taking in the man, from his hair that looked like he'd just blown in from a hurricane instead of a gentle spring shower, to his rumpled overcoat, and the squinty glare he gave his cousin. You must be the TV guy. Castiel turns his glare on Dean, and it almost immediately softened into a look of cautious surprise before settling into a rigid mask of professionalism. TV guy? I suppose that's accurate if crude. I'm a producer with Webflix. Dean cringed at the feeling that he was being judged, and harshly. Castiel looked simultaneously uncomfortable to have been dragged out by his cousin, and like he was attempting to X-ray Dean with his eyes. Dean cleared his throat and tore his gaze away from Castiel's. So, Gabe, I thought your people were going to contact my people? I figured you'd scrap the whole idea by now. 
No, 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 my fine-flowered friend. I was busy jumping through the hoops of television production bureaucracy, dotting T's and crossing I's so we could bring you back a proposal that's practically camera-ready. We just need a little powder on the nose and a little tousle of that perfect quaff, Gabriel said, reaching up to fluff Dean's hair as Dean flinched away. And we're ready to roll on this puppy. Dean skeptically watched Gabriel rock back on his heels with a knowing smirk on his face, and then took another look at Castiel. It was like night and day, Gabriel's bubbling enthusiasm to Castiel's borderline grouchiness at having to deal with any of this nonsense. It didn't help that the man was still staring Dean down as if he was waiting for confirmation that Dean was just as unprofessionally obnoxious as Gabriel. Dean was not about to give the man the satisfaction. He could be just as professional as Mr. Castiel's suit and tie producer man. If I agree to work with you, what will you need from me? We're completely booked for the next four months, so I don't know what kind of timeline you're looking at here, but my bakery has to come first. For the first time since he'd met him, Castiel nearly cracked a smile at that. Dean stood in awe as that tiny change shifted his entire bearing from stern and stony to, if not warm and open, at least human. Dean found himself staring back, slightly overwhelmed by the fact he hadn't noticed just how attractive Castiel was now that he wasn't frowning, and how fucking blue his eyes were. He'd lost track of what they were supposed to be talking about, and apparently so did Castiel because both of them startled when Gabriel cleared his throat. Yes, well, Castiel started, pulling a folder from inside his raincoat. I have the full proposal here. We have some leeway with production, and can accommodate your needs and your schedule to a certain extent if you decide to move forward with the project. We can work out those details at your earliest convenience. Dean took the thick packet of papers and casually flipped through them without really absorbing any of it. There was one thing he knew for sure, and it was that he didn't have time to read all that fine print and negotiate his way through a bunch of legal mumbo-jumbo when he had his own deadlines to make. Dean sighed and set the paperwork on the back counter. I'll be honest here, he said, splitting his attention between Castiel's polite business face and Gabriel's excitable chipmunk impersonation. I'm probably not going to get to go through it until at least Saturday afternoon and I'm probably going to want to run it all by my lawyer before I agree to sign anything anyway. Gabriel was poised to interrupt, but Dean quieted him with a raised hand paired with one raised eyebrow. The stunned look on Castiel's face let Dean know just how incredible a feat he'd just executed, and Dean wished he'd had more time to analyze that bit of information. I can't give you a definitive answer until I do, but um, is there some way to reach you? Either of you, if I have any questions. Without hesitation, Castiel reached into his pocket and pulled out a business card. You can reach me at any time, even over the weekend. My personal cell number is on the back. That's very forward of you, Cassie, Gabriel said as Dean took the card. I'm impressed. Castiel ignored his cousin, even as his cheeks pinked up a bit, but maintained his composure. I assumed you'd find it less stressful to receive straightforward answers in a timely fashion, rather than needlessly engage in Gabriel's verbal sparring games. Dean smiled at him and slipped the card inside the folder. 
I appreciate that, Castiel, but uh, since you both bothered coming out in this weather just to hand over some paperwork, you should at least stick around and have a snack. Dean gave Kevin a glance and waved a hand toward Gabriel and Castiel. Get them both an order of whatever they want and a cup of coffee on the house. Oh, I couldn't impose. Castiel started while Gabriel announced that he'd take a salted caramel cupcake. Castiel turned to glare at Gabriel, but Dean laughed. It's not an imposition, Castiel. Consider it a show of good faith and a sample of what you're getting yourself into if this whole deal works out. Dean replied, tapping the folder with his fingertips. Plus, maybe the rain will let up by the time you're done eating. Castiel gave Dean a grateful little smile and nodded. Thank you, Dean. I appreciate that. Dean stood flustered for a moment and then heard a clattering from the kitchen, Donna and Charlie pulling the next batch of cakes out of the oven, and was rudely reminded that he needed to get back to work, just when Castiel was really starting to get interesting, too. Yeah, well, I really should. Dean hooked a thumb over his shoulder at the kitchen doors. Yes, I'll look forward to hearing from you as soon as you're ready, Castiel replied. Dean just nodded and hoped his face wasn't turning as pink as it felt as he escaped to the safety of the kitchen. He didn't even stick around long enough to hear what Castiel ordered for himself. The heat of the oven and the aroma of chocolate mocha cake was enough to snap him back to attention. I finished your doves, Charlie said as they worked to pull all 15 layers of cake from the oven. So, what was your impromptu meeting about? Do you have a groupie? Or did you make a friend? Dean grunted in as faux-surly a fashion as he could muster at her teasing and focused on testing each cake to make sure it was done. It was that weirdo with the TV show idea. He brought his cousin by with a stack of paperwork for me to read over. You shouldn't call him a weirdo, Dean. Donna said, opening the walk-in cooler and pushing the cart with her finished cake inside to chill and then pulling out the next cake on her decorating itinerary. At least he's not full of stuff. He came back with paperwork. That sounds pretty serious. Serious is not a word I'd use to describe Gabriel, Dean replied, shaking his head. You didn't meet the guy. Wait, Gabriel? Charlie asked. Gabriel, who I gave my eclair to? Dean shrugged. I guess. I've never seen the guy before he came into the shop last month. You've never seen Gabriel Novak? Charlie asked with disbelieving shock. Dean frowned at that. You know, I don't think he ever mentioned his last name, but his cousin's last name is Novak. Oh, for Pete's sake, Donna said, turning a wide-eyed look on Charlie and then grinning at Dean. That guy's a hoot. Should I know who he is? Dean asked. He's had a couple of pseudo-reality shows, Charlie replied. I know you're not really into that sort of thing, but if you're even thinking about taking that gig, you should definitely check them out. I would have mentioned it when he was in before if I thought you'd slithered that far under your rock. Pseudo-reality? What the hell does that even mean? Well, the one show is like one long stand-up comedy routine about his own life, but dramatized, Charlie supplied. Like he was the object of his own wildlife documentary. And his life is pretty wild, Donna added with a grin. Or at least the fictionalized version is. Charlie nodded enthusiastically. But the show he's most known for is called Just Desserts. 
So he's already got a baking show? Dean asked, feeling irrationally stung by this information. Nope, Donna replied. He plays a trickster god who goes around and doles out fitting punishments to people who sincerely deserve them. Dean makes a face at that disturbing bit of information. Wow, and I want to work with a dick like that why again? Charlie laid a hand on Dean's arm. It's comedy gold, Dean, and it's fictional. It's not like he's kneecapping random citizens on the street. He writes all the stories himself, and trust me, the characters he writes deserve what they get. He knows how to deliver a really powerful message about being a better person in highly creative ways. It's cathartic. She offered him a weak smile and a shrug. Well, it's probably not all that cathartic if you identify with the jackasses getting their comeuppance, but for normal people it's feel-good TV. Dean regarded her skeptically, but he knew if Charlie and Donna both approved, this guy was probably at least worth looking into. But just like the paperwork, a binge watch would have to wait. They closed up shop with Friday's deliveries all packed up and ready to go. Dean preferred to take an early night off, knowing they'd all be putting in overtime on Friday to finish up the weekend deliveries. And by seven, he'd ordered a pizza and was comfortably crashed out on his couch with a beer, scrolling through web flicks until he discovered Gabriel's shows. He queued them up, but was still reluctant to hit play yet. It felt wrong somehow to veg out in front of the television when he still had a bunch of potentially jargon-riddled legal documents to read over, even if he could kind of justify it as research. If nothing else, it might give him a little bit of insight into what he was considering getting himself into if he agreed to work with the guy. From the little he knew about Gabriel, he definitely seemed like the sort of person you need to prepare yourself for in advance. Research later, homework first. Sam would be so proud of him. Dean set the TV remote down with a sigh and opened up the folder on the coffee table in front of him, leaning forward to page through the documents more closely. Right on top of the pile was Castiel's business card. It looked so formal, the bold, glowing Webflix W staining half the card in hues of blue. He flipped the card over to see Castiel's handwritten personal number on the back and felt a shiver of warmth run through him. As stoic as the dude had seemed when he'd walked into the shop, he'd still been ready to hand out his number to some stranger based on Gabriel's word alone. For some inexplicable reason, that thought was reassuring. He brushed aside the feeling as he set Castiel's card on the table and set to muddling his way through the documents. The first few pages worth of legal bullshit went all fuzzy on him the way legal bullshit typically did but he knew he had Sam on hand to point out any red flags and let him know if it was safe to proceed. He set it all aside for the time being and dove right into the detailed premise of the show. The more he read, the more intrigued he became. Compared to the glossy verbal sales pitch Gabriel had laid on him, the proposal was clever, concise, original, and, damn it, it was a fantastic idea. He flipped to the last few pages, detailing the compensation the contestants would receive. And if papers were accurate, Gabriel had been true to his word. The winning contestant would get ten grand, and even the other two participants would get a grand apiece for sacrificing their dignity on national television. Seemed like a fair trade. By that point, Dean had been ready to sign on just to watch this spectacle go down for free, but the last page outlined his own compensation for his time and expert input. He read over the figures and then sat back to take a fortifying swig of beer, 
and then read them over again. He got up, went to the kitchen for another beer, then dialed Sam's number as he shuffled back to the couch trying to shake off the haze. Hey, Dean, Sam said. What's up? You busy tonight? Dean asked, surprising himself with his own eagerness to make this wacky project work. I just left the office. Do you have something in mind? I got pizza and beer for you in exchange for some legal advice. Sam paused for a moment. You're not in some kind of trouble, are you? What? No, Sam, no trouble. I just had the weirdest offer, and I'm trusting you to let me know if it's all above board or not. So you think it could get you into trouble? Dean sighed and ran a hand down his face, then glared at his phone for a second. Sam, just come by and eat some pizza and drink a beer. I just need to pick that huge brain of yours for half an hour, okay? I'll be there as soon as I can. Pizza's getting cold, Dean said and hung up. Gabriel Novak, Sam said as soon as he'd picked up the documents, after listening to Dean explain the show's premise. That guy's a trip, and he just showed up at the bakery one day with this? Dean nodded. I had no idea who he was, and he lays out this wild idea. I thought it was some sort of prank at first, but then he shows back up today with a button-down network exec and this. Dean gestured with his beard towards the pile of papers on his brother's lap. Sam was already completely absorbed in dissecting the legal mumbo-jumbo, so Dean got up to get them another round. He set Sam's drink down on the coffee table and then sat back to wait for his expert opinion. He knew when Sam got to the page with Dean's compensation proposal, because Sam's eyebrows made a dramatic leap toward his hairline. Dean couldn't help but smirk. Forty grand? Dean nodded at his brother's shocked expression. Five up front for my expert consultation and development input, then five for each episode, and another five as a bonus if the network picks up an option to consider a second season, regardless if I sign on for round two or not. Sam's eyebrows finally retreated to their standard default location, but the wiggles on his forehead alerted Dean to the fact that he still had some underlying concerns. So lay it on me. Why do I need to turn down 40 grand to stand around and watch people fuck up a bunch of cakes? Sam shuffled through the papers, putting them back in order. He set them back on the table and picked up his beer, taking a long draft before giving Dean a considering look. My only issue with the contract is the complete lack of a timeline to get it done. They could theoretically string you along for years on that one five grand consultation fee. Dean frowned at that. So what, like they pay me a retainer, and even if the show never gets made, they can what, call me up and ask for baking advice? Not sure that's a big issue. Sam smirked at him. You actually enjoyed chatting with Gabriel then? Dean shook his head, but then shrugged. He's all right, I guess. I don't think he's going to spend the next ten years pestering me for cake decorating tips. 
He's more the type to show up at the bakery, buy out half the case, and then talk my ear off for an hour. I'll find a way to deal. Sam regarded him thoughtfully for a moment and then nodded. Okay, then, but you might want to hammer down a solid schedule and put a clause in specifying an expiration date on the contract. Yeah, I gotta call Castiel to work out the rest of the details, Dean said, pointing at his business card. I'd told Gabe the bakery would come first, that we're booked solid for the next few months, so they left it open-ended until they hear back from me. Gabe, is it? You're already that friendly with him? Sam asked, his words laced with innuendo. What? No, come on, Sam, I barely know the guy. Sam shrugged. Since when has that ever stopped you? Shut up, Dean pointed an accusing finger at his brother. This is serious business here. If I do this, who knows how many people are going to see it. I am not going to fuck it up with weird personal shit, okay? Dean scoffed. I mean, really, Gabriel of all people. Sam just shrugged, picking up Castiel's business card and noticing the handwritten number on the back. So what about his cousin? He seems to have taken an interest in you anyway. You already calling him Cass? Dude, Dean replied, trying not to choke on his beer. I met the guy for five whole fucking minutes and... He trailed off, grasping for some sort of reasonable deflection and only feeling increasingly flustered as he recalled the entirety of their encounter in excruciating detail. He finally had to close his eyes and take a few deep breaths, and then opened his eyes to Sam, smiling knowingly at him. Cass, it is then, Sam said, and Dean tossed a pillow at his head. By the time Sam left ten minutes later, Dean had psyched himself up to give Cass, Castiel, a call. Hello? Hey, Castiel, it's Dean. Winchester. From the bakery. Dean squeezed his eyes shut and winced at how idiotic he sounded already. Dean, Castiel replied, accompanied by what sounded like a chair being shoved across a wood floor and a loud thumping noise. Hello, I, um, didn't expect to hear from you so soon. Oh, is this a bad time? I can call back later. Or I guess you could call me back when you're free. Great, now he sounded like a teenage girl. Dean took a deep breath and was about to apologize, and probably compound his idiocy again, when he heard what sounded like Cass hurrying around and opening up a laptop. No, no, it's fine. I was just finishing dinner, and if you're calling to discuss the contract, I want to be prepared to answer any of your questions. I'm at my desk now. Dean held in a laugh. It sounded like Cass was just as flustered as he was, and he felt the tension drain out of him. This was definitely easier than handling this in person, having to look at Cass's unmoving, intimidating features and those eyes he could probably drown in despite himself. Yeah, okay, that's good. So you've had a chance to read through the entire proposal? Cass asked, and Dean heard the clacking of a computer keyboard through the phone. Yeah, I did. I had my brother swing by and look over it, too, Dean replied. After a second's consideration, he added, He's a lawyer. That's prudent of you, Cass said. Does your brother have any specific issues with the contract? Just the timeline. Said I should ask for a definite expiration clause. We wanted to hear back from you in regarding both your interest and your scheduling availability before we put a concrete timeline into the contract. 
if you'd like to move forward with the proposal, we can add that language as soon as we know your preferences. Dean walked into the kitchen where he had his laptop already open to the bakery schedule and sent out yet another silent thanks that Charlie had put everything on the cloud. The contract said you'd like me there for two days of consultation and prep and then one day to film each episode. Yes, a total of eight days, Castiel confirmed. If the consulting fee doesn't meet your needs, I might be able to secure additional funding, depending on if you feel that two days of consultation might not be sufficient. Dean shook his head and stopped Cass from rambling on. Cass, no, that's more than generous already. The money's fine. I'm just not sure what kind of consulting you need me to do. Castiel's chair creaked as he sat back, and he didn't reply immediately. Dean was beginning to get concerned when he finally spoke. Gabriel wanted your input on the design of the set. I'm authorized to send you the sketches we have, but we've held up construction pending your advice. You would understand better than us how a commercial kitchen operates, as well as what the needs of each of the contestants would be during the challenges. Yeah, but I don't know shit about television sets or how they work, Dean added, biting his own tongue at the casual curse. Castiel laughed. Then it sounds like we each have something the other lacks, hence the consulting. His voice became warmer after that. We just want you to feel as comfortable on set as you do in your own kitchen, Dean. Gabriel and I will make sure your needs are met and that it still works for television. Okay, I figured we could work most of that out over the phone. I don't think you really need me down there getting in the way of your construction crew and I definitely don't think it'll take two days. Castiel hummed. Gabriel also requested your assistance, or at least your final approval, over each of the six guest judges, since you will be required to work closely with them during the challenges. Dean shrugged at that. He didn't really think he'd have a problem working with anyone Gabriel would choose, considering his apparent standards for having picked Dean himself. Sure, just send me the list and for the individual daily challenges. We wanted your final approval over each of the projects. How long prep for each dessert should take. Perhaps professional baking tips we could give the contestants to nudge them in the right direction. We want the series to be unscripted, but still retain a loose structure. Gotcha, Dean said, so like an outline of the process of baking and decorating. Essentially, yes, that would be perfect. Dean heaved a sigh at that. He was really, actually going to do this. Okay, then. I guess you got yourself a professional baker. When do we start? They talked for another half an hour before Cass emailed over the studio's design sketches and a list of guest professionals. Dean pointed out where the major appliances at each workstation would be most efficiently installed and made a few changes to the layout of the supply pantry. He also added dozens of items to the list of ingredients that should be on hand and started throwing out ideas on what each challenge might entail. By the time Dean hung up an hour and a half later, he couldn't believe he'd ever thought of Cass as stoic. They'd both laughed over Cass's confession that he'd burnt a tray of store-bought biscuits just the other day, and Dean's confession that he'd actually done the same thing the last time he'd bothered to bake anything at home. The best part was they'd established a definitive schedule, 
from Dean's tour of the set scheduled for the following Sunday, right through filming all six episodes. Sam would have been proud of him. The following day at work, Donna and Charlie pestered him all day long for details. At one point, Charlie brought him a tray of star-shaped cookies frosted with royal icing and asked him to autograph them with green frosting. He'd snorted and gone back to work on a delicate purple lily, mostly to hide his embarrassment. Nobody wants to buy a cookie with my name on it, he'd grumbled out. Dean, you moron. People pay hundreds and sometimes thousands of bucks for cakes with your name on them, Charlie retorted. Yeah, but not literally. Edible business cards, Donna said out of nowhere, frowning at her own random thought. Appropriate for a baker, but probably not practical once you stick it in your wallet. Dean and Charlie both laughed with her and got back to work. Saturday was a flurry of last-minute decorating, reassuring grumpy wedding planners, and baking up an additional 50 cupcakes as an emergency add-on order. Kevin and Donna left to deliver everything while Dean and Charlie cleaned up the kitchen and shut down the bakery until Tuesday. So you won't be here Monday for prep? Dean shrugged. If I get finished with the TV shit on Sunday, I'll be here. I'm sure you and Donna can handle it without me. It'll be a good trial run for when filming starts. We got your back, handmaiden. I know you do. Charlie waited while Dean locked the door and then grabbed him by the shoulders and looked at him right in the eye. Don't let Gabriel yank your chain. You march right into that studio and kick it in the ass. Dean grinned at her and pulled her into a hug. I'll do my best.
Thank you so much for your support. I can be contacted on Twitter, Tumblr, or at makingitupaswegopod at gmail.com. If you are able, please go to the author's AO3 story and give comments and kudos to them for sharing this with us. The link is in the show notes. This will also be posted on AO3 as a podfic under my username, and the link will be in the show notes as well. As always, thank you so much for listening.